It's another Sunday night watching the superstars fight. You know it's what we love to do. Talking about NXT or WWE, and we can't forget about AEW. Viewers' choice on the North South Coast. Viewers' choice on the North South Coast. Viewers' choice on the North South Connection. North South Connection, welcome back to another edition of Viewer's Choice. Uh, my name is Tim. Joined with me today, not my typical co-host, Marcus Fuller. I'm here with John Kesselika. John, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, filling in for my uh, my tag team partner, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. These daytime pay-per-views can be a weird weird for other people to have to watch. And hopefully, fortunately, I... Wasn't working during the day and had it right in, in on file here. Oh, Perfect. for sure. Yeah, I had uh, I have off this week for. I usually try to take my birthday week either the 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 week of or the week after off. So okay. this fell on the week after, and so I've literally just been sitting at home playing New World, binging Squid Game, uh, like all the stuff that you normally can't do on the work during the work week. I've literally wow. just enjoyed the fruits of my labor and uh, just sitting at home doing a whole bunch of nothing. And luckily we had live wrestling on during the day. And as, yep. as we mentioned before uh, we recorded, it's uh, it's kind of refreshing that like we have a, a quality four hour pay-per-view level event that takes place during the day. And now we can just go on about our lives and, you know, have dinner and not worry about having to come back and catch it or stay up until God knows when to do God knows what with whatever it was. Um, I feel like if this was a later show, it would have been worse than like what we got. Oh yes. If this was starting at a normal time at that eight o'clock start, you know, we're recording this at mid a little after midnight and you're probably dreading even to have, have to go through with it. And you mentioned the four hours. I think what felt really good about this show also was that it was four hours and nothing really felt like filler. Right. Like we didn't have, you know, the new day doing a water gun skit uh, with, with, you know, with Miz and Morrison. We didn't have matches that felt like, oh, we got to sit through this before we get to the things we actually want to see. Like everything really had a story behind it, a reason to be there. And it felt like the show was one of the most complete they've put on in a long time. I mean, going into the event, I know a lot of people have these events as being polarizing due to the location and whatever have you, the politics of it, the, the stuff that's outside of the wrestling ring. Right. But the WWE put together, I would go on, on record as to kind of say like a WrestleMania quality style pay-per-view. Um, if not, then at least a SummerSlam level um, mm -hmm. with just the feuds that are coming into this, the title matches, the implications moving forward. Um, it, it, it definitely felt more than just a house show like other ones have. Like if yeah. you go back to the greatest Royal rumble, it was literally, Oh, it's a 50 person Royal rumble. Cool. Give them something fun. But here we had the Royal, the king of the ring winner, the first ever queen's crown, 
uh, tag team titles on the line, women's title on the line, WWE title, universal title. You had your one Goldberg match, plus <laughs> you had Hell in a Cell. Like yeah. it's it's not that bad. And considering that, I, I kind of judge any card that Goldberg's on as like, is the card great? Did Goldberg? have a decent match it's kind of like yeah. on tiktok the bones no bones day mm-hmm. like with, with the the pug noodle like right. did goldberg have a good match yes then the card itself is elevated because goldberg didn't stink out the joint um what did he did goldberg get out quickly was he not taking up 30 minutes of my pay-per-view time right right like, and 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 man. not and not unbelievably like not unbelievably doing 20-year-old Goldberg stuff, like right. actually fitting in. So if it is your first time listening to Viewer's Choice, uh, John and I's task is to give you what you need to watch from uh, the events in Riyadh. Uh, let's break down the card from top to bottom just to go over it. We had the Hell in a Cell match with Edge and Seth Rollins. Uh, in a grudge match, we had Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. For the Raw Tag Team titles, AJ Styles and Omos took on RK-Bro. Uh, Zelina Vega and Dewdrop faced each other for the Queen's Crown Tournament Final. Bobby Lashley and Goldberg faced each other in a no-holds-barred Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, Finn Balor and Xavier Woods faced off for the new King of the Ring. Uh, Big E defended the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre. Big time Bex, Becky Lynch, took on Bianca and Sasha for the SmackDown Women's title. And in our main event, uh, Brock Lesnarson, or whoever I think this Viking is that beat up Brock Lesnar and took his name, uh, takes on Roman Reigns for his uh, undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. And... Just saying it again, reiterate your point of like this card is is pretty much all killer, no filler. Yeah. So uh, looking at this card, um, what would you say is like your most must see match? Like if if you happened to skip out on this card or if you did watch it, what's something that you feel that people should probably go back and give it a second glance? You know, I would start with with how the show started, and they started off with a bang with that Hell in a Cell match with Edge and Rollins. Yes. These are two guys who I didn't really feel I, I, through their whole feud. I haven't really felt it. It feels like they were just kind of forced together, and I'm waiting for Rollins to move on from it and get, and do something different. But this built on their previous matches. It's been, all of their matches have been great, which. Is, is nice to watch, and this just had a level of brutality in it and uh, seriousness that I think we haven't seen in Hell in a Cell matches in a while. There's also some creativity with the moves and seeing the, the two guys being so familiar with each other since they've had this feud, the ways they were it, using each other's moves and countering spots from previous matches based off their kind of muscle memory. Uh, was really, really fun to watch, and I think it set the tone for the night. It had the crowd rocking, and that that really, to me, was one of the big thing, biggest takeaways. 
Right. Even with the narrative they were trying to drive home with this, this being seven years in the making, g- dating back to an episode of Raw in which Edge and <laughs> Christian were like guest GMs and had the power to bring the authority back from being taken away from WWE for some reason. Um, even though they're trying to, you know, shoehorn that in, it doesn't take away from the fact that this match was stellar. Um, one of the better Hell in a Cell matches in recent memory. And I mean, it, it shows when you have guys who've been in Hell in a Cell multiple times, mm-hmm. uh, the, the expertise of being in there, knowing what you what works and what doesn't work inside the cell. Um, it, it really pays off. And they even did in typical uh, trilogy fashion played off of previous things in their other two matches that led back to this. Um, so I, I can agree with you on uh, the Hell in a Cell being something that's absolutely must see. Um, how good how good do you think Seth Rollins must feel now that the Hell in a Cell memory people have of him isn't that red light match against the Fiend where he was <laughs> where he was had to play scared the entire match and then and del- <laughs> delivered something like uh, 20, 24 stomps <laughs> but still lost and uh, deciding to like beat him full of a toy chest or a a tool chest full of Ace hardware like right. that like. Ah, uh, just I know he's relieved from it, and <laughs> it kind of this was a good refresher for the for for him himself. Like the character of this drip god or drip visionary or whatever is going on with him, he does. He mentioned it on the Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin, where it's like. He can play this like Pied Piper character, but also be very, very intense in the ring. And Mm -hmm. just the dichotomy of his entrance compared to the vicious match he had is is night and day. And it's, it's good to see that Seth's got something other than being the guy who's in riot gear and the guy who laughs weird. And that's about it. So. Uh, having layers for Seth Rollins is good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I'm going to add something, uh, it's must see. I'm going to actually say the next match on the card. Um, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali, while the match was absolutely like, it was very, very good. However, the reason I'll say this is must see is Mansoor has come a very long way as a competitor. Um, I remember when he was one of the first four people, I think at the very first Riyadh show that WWE had, he was one of the four signees from Riyadh to the WWE. And just from that moment forward, I had been kind of like following Mansoor as uh, what he was going to do in WWE. And he's to me, he's got it. He's not he's absolutely not going to be this like groundbreaking revolutionary 
main event superstar, but he is someone that I feel can be that. You always hear that Vince McMahon's looking for the next great Mexican superstar, or he's always looking for that Japanese superstar to to cross the cross the ocean, cross the borders, and and be able to captivate a different national audience. I think Mansoor can be that for Saudi Arabia. Um, He looked really good here. And even the stuff post-match with the South or the, um, the silver medalist karate player uh, that, uh, that Michael (laughs) Cole wanted to talk about. Um, What a description. What is (laughs) right? Karate player. Um, I'm pretty sure that might actually be what it's called. But also that just kind of sounds childish. Um, But that thing, the the crowd was hot for all of it. And that was uh, very refreshing for me. I'm so glad that you brought up uh, Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali because I loved the match. I loved the segment as a whole. And I think it, it was built up well. It had a good story behind it. But what impressed me so much was Mansoor and yeah, he had a great partner in there to work with and to, to, to go back and forth with, but he seemed like you mentioned of those new signees or even people like Dominic, who's had just as much time in the WWE. He didn't look green. He didn't look nervous. He didn't look like he doesn't belong there. And that was really 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 good to see like it made me feel great i was like this is i could see the potential and how this guy can fit in in the future now they just need to you know find a personality other than the other muslim guy and they can they can do something that's so true like (laughs) seeing a match like this lets me think okay it's not that far-fetched to think intercontinental champion mansoor or United mm-hmm. States champion Mansoor. Um, but having a character that's not like plucky friend or uh, like you said, other Muslim, like it's <laughs> d- definitely needs a character of his own. And I think with a showing like this, hopefully the powers that be quote unquote can see something in him and that he's not just a guy who gets dusted off the shelf and put into the limelight every time the WWE needs to go to Saudi Arabia. It was a terrific showcase for Ali too. I think, I think he's, he's been somebody that if you watch the show and you have an appreciation and, you know, having watched him before in Chicago, you sit there and you're like, God, they got to do something with this guy. He's so talented. We've seen him in the, in the cruiserweight tournament. We've seen him with retribution, which, you know, yeah, <laughs> was it was a, was a guilty pleasure, and it, it felt like they were going to do something with him, but then everybody just disbanded on a pre-show sometime. Right, and he kind of lost in the shuffle again. But every time he gets the chance in the ring, we see like this is a guy we could do something with. Right, he's so he, he's definitely do. tonight and having hopefully that that open some eyes backstage, and the fact that they had this venue and doing it in Saudi Arabia the response should definitely open some eyes and make people take notice of both guys. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you would say is must watch from uh, crown jewel? Must watch. Uh, 
You know what? I would go with the uh, the King of the Ring final uh, yeah. between Finn Balor and Xavier Woods. You know, again, similar to how the previous match was was a showcase for for not just Mansoor but for uh, for Mustafa Ali. This was the first time I feel I've really seen Xavier Woods and what he can do as a as a singles. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching it, even thinking like, does he have a finisher? Because he just is in the tag matches usually, and either Kofi hits the kick or Biggie hits the beginning, or they or or Woods rolls somebody up, but. His moveset here was great. He, again, didn't miss a step working with Finn Balor. And Finn still looks like he belongs, like looks like they they have some faith in him and he can be a great competitor. So not all has been lost from him just falling off the top rope. Like right. I think that's in the past now. <laughs> uh, but both guys really shown. Uh, and you could tell that it was important to Woods. I loved his his kind of emotion after getting the win and it seemed like maybe are they gonna be hinting at a heel heelish personality for him the way he was bragging about being the king uh but that match to me it stood out it was great and a wonderful elbow drop that he hit to close Uh, you know and watching the replay in slow motion was great like they they captured the moment perfectly it made the king of the ring feel important it did, and I'm so I'm a I'm a very big Xavier Woods Austin Creed fan uh, altogether. Knowing that he's wanted to be the King of the Ring for so long, that's not just a story that they've been like perpetrating just for the King of the Ring tournament. Like listening to the New Day podcast and uh, watching him on all of his like up up down down streams, Creed absolutely wanted the King of the Ring. Uh, for himself with this King of the Ring victory. I mean, I'm kind of going out on a, on a limb and like making these braggadocious claims, but like the new day might go down in history as like the most successful stable of all time. If, yeah. if you go back and look like Big E WWE champion, Kofi WWE champion, Xavier Woods, King of the Ring, multiple time tag team champions, they just like rescued the urn from the undertaker on Netflix. They've had cereal. They've had comic books. They, they're like the longest standing podcast on WWE. Plus Xavier Woods has up, up, down, down in G four. Biggie's got, uh, his, um, our heroes rock coming up. There's just so many things that they're able to do. And it's, it's so refreshing that like WWE is giving all of the members of the new day, a chance to shine, a chance to thrive. And I'm very excited to see where this leads for uh, Woods. Uh, I found it very fitting that when he won the crown and he goes to take the throne, the first thing he said was, this is for Breeze. And Mm. if you're familiar, Woods and, and Tyler Breeze, best of friends, uh, they're all, they were all together on up, up, down, down and, uh, Creed, Creed, Xavier Woods puts a lot of emphasis on, uh, on Tyler Breeze. So it was really cool to like see Woods once again, like even in his spotlight shining and sharing his light with people who got him to where he ended up. It's amazing. I, I didn't notice that, but you know, you bring it up and 
one of the most refreshing things about the New Day is they all seem to do that. They all seem to show that respect and build it in when they have a moment of success with people who were there with them on the way up or are still with them. We saw it with Big E talking about um, uh, Brody when he, when, when he won the title. Right. And I think you saw it with, with, with uh, Kofi when he won the title and just seeing the, the video of like MVP watching it and like he was knew how much that means to other people. For sure. So they seem to really have that, that respect uh, I, I don't want to say for the business, but, you know, I guess, but for their craft and for for the people who are there with them and have been there with them. Yeah, the the New Day consistently breaking the mold of toxic masculinity and like what success actually means. Like a lot of people think that the 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 seat at the top is a one seater. And the New Day continually is like, nah, there's plenty of room. And they're always reaching down, throwing the ladder down, grabbing people, bringing them up and giving that giving other people um, chances to shine when uh, when it's obviously theirs to take. So I was I think it was also kind of refreshing. I was a little surprised not to see Kofi involved in any way with this. They like even even as part of the celebration or Big E like acknowledging it. Uh, yeah. That felt a, a, a little bit of a miss because this is the first time one of them has had the success, had a new success, and the rest of them haven't been there. Right. That's actually a really good call. I, I'm, I'm sure it, it's literally something as small as Kofi didn't make the trip, but, yeah, right. but even they left so, behind just in case they they can't get back and they need somebody to be on SmackDown tomorrow. Right. So you got to keep some people there. It depends. Is the, fl- is the plane going to get held up on the ground again? And <laughs> like that, that'll be, unfortunately WWE doesn't have a crop of NXT guys. They can just on a whim send over like they did last time when it was right. like they, we had that, ridiculous Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan match, I think on SmackDown the night or the day, the Saudi trip. didn't. Oh, geez, that's right. Yeah. Back. And they just, they were just like, yes. Yeah, send send the NXT guys. And let's do it. <laughs> it was very, very weird. Um, yeah, I will definitely go with that King of the ring, uh, tournament match as must see. Um, I think the only other thing for me that's must see is the main event with the universal championship. Um, really? yeah. And the reason why is yes, it is Brock Lesnar, Roman reigns. And yes, it is exactly what you think of as Brock Lesnar and Roman reigns, but the character evolution of both Roman reigns going from being like the big dog of the shield to the head of the table, the tribal chief, the end all be all Mr. Ooh, you know, we're, we're not afraid, at least myself and Marcus, we love heaping praise on Roman Reigns whenever we possibly can. Um, but also this Brock Lesnar, more charismatic than we've seen in previous instances, looks more badass than he's been in previous instances. The freshening up of both of those characters made this matchup mean more and with Paul Heyman being in the middle, I thought for sure 
based on the promo they cut earlier in the night with Paul Heyman talking to Kevin and saying, I'm walking to the ring with the reigning, defending, undisputed universal champion Roman Reigns, and I'm walking out with the reigning, defending, undisputed universal champion and not saying a name. Right. Definitely sent my super fan brain back to Survivor Series 2002 when Paul Heyman did the exact same thing to Brock Lesnar when he turned on Brock and joined with the big show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's done that before where he's left these like red herrings or very, he's very deliberate with his words. And when we got to the, the, the finish of the world title of, of the universal title match rather. And Paul is stuck between his client and his tribal chief and kind of just, taking a page out of like dark night where uh, the Joker's got the pool cue and breaks it and he just drops it in the middle. He goes, all right, fight. Paul throws the universal title into the middle and goes, you know what to do with this and just lets the two alpha males beat it or figure out what to do. Um, luckily it seemed like Roman had a plan and Brock may have thought something different. Um, it's very it, it it leaves more on the bone for when this comes back because I I it will come back with Roman and Brock um, whether it comes back at Survivor Series or whether it comes back at day one which is the July first or January first pay per view in Atlanta. Okay. Um, which they've changed. Like <laughs> I, I do love that there's like no December pay-per-view, but there is day one, which is taking its place, which I think is clever. But for me, the universal title Roman Reigns is like the, the hottest thing on WWE. He's probably the only thing I can think of. That's consistently great. That keeps people talking about WWE and this title reign is is still going on as being like historic and one of the more memorable title reigns in WWE history. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last title reign that we've had that they've made so much mention of on screen for the length or anything was probably CM Punk's more yep. than a year run. Yeah, and we're where, where they've made the reign actually kind of a character of its own. Right. I mean, we're in, and Roman is coming up on that CM Punk number. Uh, Roman, Roman at 416 days as of today. Punk was 434. So we're looking at it about two and a half more weeks. And then Roman has that number eclipsed. And they mentioned on commentary that the actual number one longest reign for the universal title was Brock Lesnar's at 503. Uh, I think Roman might have that too. Okay. Um, it, it could, I, I I'm not sure. Cause that's, that's another 90, 90 ish days. Yeah. November, December that puts us, he's got to get through survivor series, but survivor series should be straight up. Cause he's probably, it's going to be him versus biggie or WWE champion versus universal champion. However, that shakes out 
then he's got to make it through day one and the Royal Rumble. And right. I think if he makes it through day one, he is the champion going into WrestleMania. Um, But either way, to have him not be involved in that main event at WrestleMania kind of sounds short-sighted. Just for how much he means to the WWE present what he's day. meant for them this year, for, like carrying them through those pandemic shows and everything, where when he came back at SummerSlam, right, and he was still so much of that story, right. You know, he has been on a completely different level for since he came back last SummerSlam, right. uh, and no signs of stopping, no signs of getting weak. Every time I feel like the layer of the onion is getting peeled away. They add another piece on that freshens it up. First, it was the right hand man. And then we got Jimmy Uso. You had Paul Heyman. And now with Brock Lesnar and the division with Paul Heyman, even more wrinkles. It's uh, definitely intriguing to me. Yeah. It's, 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 he's a reminder that, they they know what they're doing sometimes when they're writing their shows. Like, right. You know, it's it's nice to see. For sure. You mentioned the, you mentioned that he's coming up on that punk reign. I mean, there's no chance uh, WWE will make a point of mentioning that on Friday night when they're going up <laughs> when when the, he's wrestling on a different network, right? Right. You know, they wouldn't want to celebrate that, would they? Well, it depends. Does WWE view AEW as competition? Or is sleep their competition or is like whatever Nick Khan is feeding the husk of Vince McMahon as, as, as intelligible thought, um, that, that remains to be seen. Um, I, so I, I guess I enjoyed this match a lot, a lot less than you did. And you mentioned it up front, the idea that it's exactly what you expected it to be the storyline really kind of carries the match because otherwise we're just, we're, we're spamming finishers a lot of the way in, in like we do in Brock matches. It's going to be, okay, how many F5s does it take? How many Superman punches is he going to take? And, and you know, that's coming and then we're going to lay around for a while, but they had the storyline here with the, the, the Heyman question and built in. So to me, it wasn't as great as the, the other title match uh, from earlier, which I thought was, Again, two big guys going right. at each other, but I think we only saw two clay, one or two claymores in that, and only the in only two big endings. So mm-hmm. there wasn't that much laying around and you know being drained from just being two giant guys who were running into each other. For sure. So I would put the other title match a, ahead of it, but I, I definitely thought it was it was a good choice for closing the show. Absolutely, it felt like the biggest match. Right. It absolutely was where main main event actually means like main event. So mm-hmm. um, I know there's a lot of killer. Is there something on the show that you would say is must skip? I know that we talked again before the show and you were like, I was looking at the match. I was looking at the show time and when something happened, I realized how much was actually left on the show. And it was like the only time you really like looked at your watch. Yeah. What was that? that? Was, it was the entrances of Goldberg and Lashley. Oh, wow. And it was go- probably during Goldberg's entrance. Cause I looked and I said, I said, 
man, list of them, the matches we still have, and those are going to be long. And Roman's entrance is going to take up how much, however mm-hmm. much time already. Uh, and it was one of those matches that, because I already knew it, it's like, ah, I, I kind of know the result of this. It doesn't have any effect on anything because win or lose, Lashley's going to still rem- remain to big, be a big star. Goldberg's going to go home for a year and then come back the next time they're in Saudi or or that they, they want to pop a crowd. Probably at Atlanta, like if you're pointing out that show. Right. Uh, and it, it felt like it was the one time when I thought, ah, let's get past this because there are other things I want to see. But I also thought, you know, Tim and I aren't going to get to talking until four o'clock probably <laughs> the way this is running. Right. Um, so I wouldn't I would say that was that was that was the only real filler I would I would say I felt. But it didn't overstay its welcome. Like you said, they, it was a proper use of Goldberg. Uh, Lashley still looks strong, still looks like a monster. And, you know, it took Goldberg spearing him off a ramp for, for him to actually win it. Yeah, I mean, I was I was absolutely looking for the threat of death. Um, there was there was <laughs> yeah, no, you know. <laughs> Like no gun got pulled, no knives were pulled. Like when, right. I don't know where go, I don't know what crimes Goldberg's research about how people are put to death, but like the the kendo stick isn't usually the weapon they choose. Now, when he broke it over his knee and he had the shards of bamboo, I'm mm. like, okay, he has made a shiv. He is going <laughs> to actually prison shank Bobby Lashley. But instead, he just, I don't need this anymore, and I'm going to wee off the ramp. Uh, Into that big pillow down there. Let's go. You know, it's, oh, those were tables, pal. And and either way, um, I'm glad WWE made it a point to show Bobby Lashley get up and leave, especially due to, like, the talks of, like, I'm going to kill Bobby Lashley. Like, Bobby being up and, like, at least being a physical presence after the match helpful. Uh, definitely yeah. like it doesn't actually bury Bobby Lashley all the way. Um, but yeah. It's as far as like though must miss, like I don't know if there's anything on here that's actually actively bad. The, you know, I would think I would think you might say, "Oh, well, the the Queen Queen's Crown final you could skip," but it's so short that right, it doesn't really matter, and it's historic for being that that first match of that sort. The one that I would probably recommend skipping is because we've seen it so many times, and the guys just did their same match over, only with a with a twist on how they're going to end it. Was the uh, the tag match, the Raw tag titles, right? EJ. Uh, AJ and Team RK, you know, RK Bro. Like, I, it was, okay, so is he gonna hit the Phenomenal Forum on the spr- on the springboard in, or is Orton gonna hit the RKO on him th- right. this time? Because they do, they've done it both ways. Yes. So which way is it gonna end this time? Exactly. But, bro, <laughs> Riddle came out on a camel, bro. That's okay. really cool. Best I'm, entrance vehicle since Rusev's tank, or or <laughs> is there something in between? Well, my only problem is is that like I feel like WWE does this thing of like setting things up before it happens, and mm. definitely during the entrances of the first two matches, we had the three wise men camera angle. 
Yes. Where it's like all three guys holding their camels as guys are walking past. So we saw at least twice before Riddle comes out on a camel that there are dudes holding camels at ringside. I don't know why that that was necessary. Like if they were extras, I hope they were paid well to, to babysit the camels. But then when Riddle comes out on a camel, I'm like, okay, cool. That's why the camels were there. Awesome. Especially for as much time as the WWE spends on this show, always promoting how modern and how advanced the city of Riyadh is. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, there's a couple guys with camels. It's a technologically standing. advancing city. And then all of a sudden, like we're getting back to the roots of the company and <laughs> Oh, everything's great. Uh, Or the roots of the country. Oh, we have camels. And like Michael Cole talking about uh, like naming what a single hump camels actually named. Yeah. And like, I, I don't get it. It's, it was fun. I thought it was fun. The the fans enjoyed it. And that's all that matters. You, you bring up, we talk a little bit about the mentions of Saudi Arabia and the setting. I think of the Saudi shows, this is the one that was uh, the least aggressive with those mentions of how modern the place is and how wonderful the people are and, right. and everything. We, had, we, all, we, had, we didn't have as many commercials for it as we have in the past, and they were kept like non, non-invasive. The one that they did with the, the breast cancer survivors was... Was nice. And it's like, but they're Arab as well. So here we go. Right. Uh, I, I thought know, that so was really. It was, it was less distracting and less cringy than yeah. it has been in the past. So whoever told them to, you know what, we can dial that back a little. Give that man a raise for this show. I'm not sure who put that together, but either way, I felt <laughs> I felt as a whole Crown Jewel was worth the watch. Um, if you're bo- if you're finding yourself needing four hours to kill in the background. Like you can do a lot worse than what we just watched. If, yeah. if you made it through the first part of the pandemic era for WWE with events in the performance center with that giant ceiling fan, you can make it through this. Like this is actually really fun and watchable. Um, is there any other takeaways you'd have from this before we get into our MVP of the night? Sure. I think before we get into that, we'd be remiss. I don't know how we've missed. We, we haven't mentioned it, but one of the other standout matches and really three of the great stars was the women's triple threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was so much better than I expected it to be. And the way that they actually had a triple threat where all three were involved in doing moves like utilizing one person to do a move against the other competitor instead of somebody go outside and take a break and we're going to have a match for for five minutes then come back in when i'm going for the cover uh was somewhat innovative even like it made me it made it feel so much richer and i really was not sure who was going to win the whole time and it kept me kept me excited kept me engaged that entire match even though they had to wrestle in their weird t-shirts because you know the saudi rules there right um, WWE's come a long way from, or WWE, the WWE and Saudi connection has come a long way. We went from having Renee be on commentary, and that's like the only women's thing that happened, to now Jessica Carr being featured in multiple matches, plus the crowning of the Queen's Crown 
and this triple threat match. More and more, the the women are being showcased in Saudi Arabia. They're getting wonderful reactions from the crowd. Um, so uh, kudos to them. Very good triple threat match overall. Uh, Bianca Belair brought her working boots. She was she was there for everything. Um, I'm just very sad that we're now going to get to the point where uh, Becky and Charlotte are just going to hand the titles over to each other. It's <laughs> like, I am the SmackDown champion on Raw. You are the Raw champion on SmackDown. Let us change titles like the New Day and the Street Profits did literally last draft. Um, yeah, that... that- the kind of questioning and le- the doubt of what they're going to do in that kind of kind of takes a little of the edge and the excitement off of this match because it's a, you do have that feeling of oh are, how are they going to get out of this right but you know what maybe they're maybe they're going to look to pop a rating and they they put one of those matches on SmackDown and we we get an actual per- a superstar who's on SmackDown winning the SmackDown title but uh, I don't know I'd, I'd, I'd be intrigued to see what they do. And hopefully it isn't that easy way, like you mentioned. Right. I think there's a possibility Charlotte might show up on SmackDown tomorrow and do something. Um, but who knows? I'm not I'm not one to suggest that. I'm, I'm, look, I'm ready to look forward and, and see what's going on with it. But uh, it is time to crown our MVP for Crown Jewel. And I like to go a little outside of the box. But my MVP for this, while everyone in the ring delivered um, beyond belief, I'm going with the crowd. Um, This crowd was here and live and loud from start to finish for four hours of wrestling. And just the way that the crowd looked, it, it definitely felt different. Um, We didn't have visibly the sections of couches and the the dignitaries all sitting around. It definitely felt fresh and people were super excited to see the WWE. And I I talked to you on in a side chat, but it's like the realization that like the pandemic hit more than just America and American entertainment. Saudi Arabia was probably just as impacted, if not more. And to have the WWE come over for this, I don't know. I don't know what the scene has been like. I know that they had mentioned that this was like the kickoff of Riyadh season. I think they said um, where the big, the big events come in and through Riyadh. Um, The fans definitely gave that extra sense of this being something special and a reminder that like the WWE universe and wrestling fans in general are a very integral part to anything that's done inside the squared circle. Yeah. The, your choice of the crowd is not outside the box to me because it's exactly what I would say. Uh, (laughs) I think they, brought this show and made it a success in in ways that I 
could never have expected. I've seen the other Saudi shows, and it is, you know, people sitting on their hands, people distracted. You see, you'll see people walking around not paying attention uh, to the matches and not knowing what's going on, really, just not even seeming like fans of the product in the first place. But here, from the opening match, from the, you know, all the way through the end, they were up and excited. You saw every pinfall. They were they were cheering. And it seemed like they really understood the storylines and knew the characters. So they brought an energy to this show that I think the, the performers obviously felt as well, because you could see it in the way they they wrestled. Uh, the crowd was was top notch. The set itself made it look big time. Uh, it didn't look like just a, a different skin thrown on the raw set like we do for a lot of the pay-per-views. Yep. Uh, it really felt unique. And, you know, if if the Saudi shows are going to be like that, that, you know, people will definitely enjoy them. That's what I would say. It was, it was a perfect, perfect crowd. You can't ask for more. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad we're in unison on that. Uh, <laughs> But of course, uh, it's just our recommendation. The choice is always yours as the listener to go back and watch. Uh, it is going to be available on the Peacock Network or on the WWE Network if you're outside the United States or you use a VPN to access the WWE Network outside of the Peacock app. Uh, either way, I think it's worth going back and at least watching what we mentioned uh, at most. Go back and watch the whole show. Uh, you can't do much worse than that. Um, but John, do you have any plugs of where other people could find you outside of your one-time appearance at, uh, on viewers <laughs> choice? No, no, I, I pop up on a couple of the, the Mount Rushmore's every now and then. And, but not aside from that, nothing of my own making. So maybe I'll have to have to figure out something to put put forth this has been great though great uh great discussion of a of a really enjoyable show a surprisingly enjoyable show very much so thank again thank you so much for filling in last notice i absolutely appreciate it i know marcus does too um but you can check us out as always on the north south connection northsouthconnection.podbean.com is your home for this and so many other podcasts uh including uh, extreme three-way dance and this week in the NFL, which just started ba- or started back up a couple of weeks ago. Um, TNA never dies. Uh, WW must die. Uh, the list goes on and on. Everything can be found on one feed at uh, northsouthconnection.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to follow our show, you can on, uh, on Twitter at VC on North South, email the podcast viewers choice podcast at gmail.com uh we would love to hear from you guys the next time you'll hear us i believe will be full gear uh i think full gear happens before survivor series um i think that's right so i'm banking it in full gears the next time you hear us um but for John, I'm Tim. Thank you guys so much for listening to a special Thursday afternoon, early evening edition of Viewer's Choice. And uh, we'll see you back here next time. Take care, everybody.